Hello, coffee lovers. So why am I here? My love of coffee started with my grandparents hiding coffee candies in their pockets. Finding those little wrapped treasures ingrained that flavor into my memory, along with a sense of love and connection. We are all drawn to the experiences that shape our lives. Coffee has those stories. It invites that connection. It's probably why cafes around the world are packed. We want to feel the energy of people and wrap our hands around a hot cup of connection. Enter the coffee meetup. Coffee, the consummate excuse. You might not even drink it, but it's a tool, a figurative concept, a vehicle to connect. Coffee Culture, the podcast, is your new place for that. There will be short episodes and full interviews. Come for the coffee meetup and stay for the connection. I'm your host, Holly Shannon. Hello, coffee lovers. Welcome to Coffee Culture with Holly Shannon. Today, my guest is Stacey Weimer. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to have you because I I think we met on Clubhouse, right? Is this where yes. we originally met? And we spent quite a bit of time chatting in those rooms uh, because social audio is a lot of fun and uh, totally. spent, spent too many hours in there. And we went on to connect uh, off off of the clubhouse and into a bar. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and you were in DC with your daughter. And we met up at La Diplomat for wine and, you know, cheese, the things we love most in life. Oh, totally. It was so lovely. And if I lived near there, I would be that would be like my spot, I think. Yeah, I would go all the time. It's it's such a place to see and be seen like it is. It wins all the awards in DC for everything, even if it's like I hate to say, even if it's mediocre at some of the things it does, it doesn't matter. It just has a vibe. And um, yeah, so that's where it was so fun to meet in person. You know, I love it when that happens, when you get to know someone a little bit online and then you strike a good enough connection that you want to meet in person. It's an awesome thing. It was so fun. So we had the wine meetup. We are going to talk about the coffee meetup, but I just want to tell everybody uh, a little bit about Stacy. So she's 44 mm-hmm. and twice divorced. Mm-hmm. And she is a single mom of a gorgeous daughter named Lainey, <laughs> who is just crushing it at this thing we call life. <laughs> and she is applying to colleges right now. And having been through that with my son, I know exactly where she's at. You're you're at that critical part of ready to launch the child because they're so capable. And at the same time, you're staring down the empty nest and it's like, damn it, I'm not ready for that part yet. So we probably totally. will dive into that a little. <laughs> and uh, by day, she's in sales. Um, but her real heart lies in her creative side where she has a podcast called Man Shopping with Stacy. <laughs> so I'll put that in the show notes so that you can catch up with her. She's also writing a book, which actually came before the podcast. So we'll probably talk about that a little bit too. Um, and she loves to cook and bake. And she especially loves coffee because if you go to her Instagram, <laughs> yes. you'll see lots of coffee shots with <laughs> Stacy. And she's a bit of an extrovert like me. So with all of that said, 
you are man shopping and writing a book that kind of taps into that. So let's get into that sexiness. And mm-hmm. I want to know about the coffee date because <laughs> you have gone on a lot of dates since launching this. And is it your favorite way to to meet people for the first time? And if yes, why? And if it's not, let me know. Thank you for asking. It's actually a little bit of a controversial topic because I feel like people who go on a lot of coffee dates go on a lot of dates in general, meaning they are someone typically who is using dating apps, which I definitely talk about on my podcast and in my book. I'm a fan of Bumble dating. And so if you're on a dating app and dating frequently, and I'm telling you multiple times a week, a lot of people go on a lot of dates. They are doing a lot of coffee dates because of the economic factor and time factor, right? You can meet someone and not spend a fortune or a tremendous amount of time. So it makes a lot of sense if you're casually dating or just out in the dating world. And then on the other side of that, I have also talked to people who are really, really ready to settle down. And so they they kind of um, turn a corner where they... It's, it's, it's a weird practice, but kind of getting less specific about the type of person that they want to meet and kind of throwing the, the checklists away and just having an open mind. So they're also going on a lot of coffee dates, trying to find their actual partner or soulmate as well. I don't fit into either of these categories. I actually, as much as I love coffee, I reserve that more for my, my daughter and my girlfriends. Um, I have gone on coffee dates, but I am of the camp of quality over quantity. And so I try to vet very, very carefully at this point in my dating life, as I've been single and dating for about three years. So when I meet someone that I really want to um, go offline with, I'm hoping more for a dinner date or a um, happy hour date, maybe where there is just a little bit more lingering, a little bit more buildup, a little bit of excitement, and a little bit of investment, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. So I always assumed, and I shouldn't assume this, but for somebody in the dating world, I felt like, well, the coffee date is kind of safe because it doesn't require you to um, have dinner. You know, it's not, you know, rolling into that. Um, And if you're not really connecting with somebody, sometimes it's a little hard if you're already like sitting at the bar and the bartender's like, hey, are you guys staying for dinner? And then it's awkward. So I'm Mm -hmm. thinking like the coffee date is so much more efficient and and kind of allows you to roll it into happy hour if you feel like it, but it sort of takes that out. But at the same time, I, I never thought of it as how you were saying where it almost turns out to be like speed dating. There's no quality in it. it. It can be that way. But what you're saying makes complete sense too. And I've talked to tons of singles who do go on coffee dates. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not taking it seriously or that they're meeting hundreds of people a month or anything. So what you're saying is valid and accurate. And I would not be opposed you know, to meeting someone for a first date over coffee at all. Like not at all. It just hasn't happened a ton for me. Um but I have. I have gone on coffee dates for sure. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it's all about connection. And and it sounds like you really work on 
heavily vetting people, like spending time with them, messaging, maybe doing FaceTime or that type of thing before, you know, you invest your time in that happy hour slash possibly dinner or both. Sounds like. Yes. Yes. And I think happy hour to your point is also kind of a, um, a safer date for your first date too, because like you said, you can be like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta run off. I have, you know, dinner plans or I have somewhere to be this evening or whatever. Whereas a dinner date is reserved for someone that like you have no doubt that you're, you know, you really want to put some time in and it's going to go pretty well. And you can usually tell if you spend enough time talking with someone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, happy. I know that you do happy hour. Well, because when we met, like you were like, (laughs) the best girlfriend immediately you're like wine let's have rosé charcuterie bring on the carbs bring on the cheese i knew we were like kindred spirits yes. like immediately because yes. you know you just can't do happy hour without all those lovely That's things right. and let's be real happy hour is dinner like i very rarely <laughs> go home like after dinner and make a meal or like order something like happy hour is dinner if you do it right it's it's enough yeah it's true <laughs> and you know it's interesting because with your work So you're in sales, you travel a lot. Um, You probably find yourself on a weekday at a bar having your dinner just because it, it, like I know when I travel for business, sitting at the bar is almost a little bit easier because you don't feel like there's eyes on you. Like if you sit at a table, you feel like all of a sudden you have to have like a book or something and you feel like you need to look like you're doing something, which Mm -hmm. makes you like hyper aware of everybody looking at you, even though they're not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being alone. So Mm -hmm. being at the bar is kind of good. Have you accidentally fallen into some random dates just because you already were at the bar? You know, it's funny that does happen on occasion, not necessarily like a date, but kind of that vibe of like, oh, like, you never know, this could turn into something. It happened pretty recently. I was, I was out of town. I was in Omaha, Nebraska. I go to really sexy places, Holly. <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska is some place <laughs> I go to frequently. And, um, and I was, I was at a bar and I had my wine and I had my dinner and I, I do do a thing. I oftentimes put my, my iPad up for either work stuff or I've been um, doing a lot of travel planning for Lainey and I. And so sometimes I am that geek that sits there and like scrolls rather than like watching the television or something. And anyway, there was this man next to me and I don't even remember. He had a, he was dressed really nice, like in a blazer and, but he had a ball cap on like a New York ball cap. And I was like, I don't remember what happened, but we did start talking and and I was like, I think we're feeling each other out over here. You know, he's not married and blah, blah, blah. But it didn't go anywhere. He, it was interesting, though. I'll tell you, he was there in Omaha, Nebraska, starting a restaurant. He was a sommelier. He was the wine expert for this um, new restaurant from an out-of-town chef. And like, well, this is like up my alley of fun conversation. And he has a teenage daughter. And so we're we're like hitting it off. But then it was kind of like this story that I'm all too familiar with where he is separated, not yet divorced. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they live in that tiny Brooklyn little... And, yeah. There. They live like, right, like in the same building, but it's been like three years. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, I've heard this so many times. Like, what? how do you just not get divorced after three years of separation? You know, and I tell you can talk to me about health insurance and taxes and money and stuff all day long. And I don't buy it. Like, yeah, it sounds more like an open married, marriage. Like, Hashtag open marriage, right? Exactly. Exactly. But that was like a recent connection that I made. 
Oh, well, not I'm a date. <laughs> I'm sorry that didn't work out there. You know, um, we were we were talking about our podcast before, and so being a podcaster and talking to other podcasters, um, you know, dividing all our time is really really hard. So you have your day job, you have we'll call it your night job with the podcast and and writing yeah. like your creative endeavors. You're mm-hmm. trying to get your your girl launched into college and you're trying to squeeze in dating, like what has fallen to the bottom? Like what's not (laughs) making the cut? Dating. (laughs) I I had a uh, two separate kind of um, emotionally draining relationships this summer. They back to back. And um, two wonderful men with just, you know, stuff that didn't stuff that didn't work out. But I found myself uh, with each of them over the course of I I was only dating each of them for a few weeks time, but we were spending tremendous amounts of times to get time together and much more than what I'm used to because I'm used to spending all of my time alone or how I choose to spend it. So coming off the heels of of both of those relationships that didn't work out, I was spent. I was like, oh my gosh, like I got laundry to do. Like I was gone all the time. And so I have not dated um really at all. I mean, at all since, well, for several months now. And the other thing that has fallen off is writing the book, which is like you said, it came before the podcast, but I have found that the podcast demands so much creativity. And it's not that it's that time consuming. It's, it is just, um, it's such a creative process. And I really, I put a lot of thought into it. So it's something that like, while I'm driving or while I'm, you know, doing other tasks, it's always on, at the forefront of my mind. And then what takes the backseat, unfortunately, is the book that's almost done. I can't, I haven't been able to finish it. You know, mm. it makes sense. Because the thing with podcasts is it's like a living animal. It's out there. It's got an RSS feed, so it lives on Spotify and Apple and YouTube and wherever else you uh, put your podcast. And so it's a living, breathing thing. And the work that goes into editing and getting one ready, the pre and post-production, there's so much at the front end creatively and so much at the back end creatively. And then sharing it with the world, there's, you know, all of the social media and so forth. So it's constantly living and breathing, whereas writing a book is a little bit different. And I know this because I wrote a book. And I know, yes. <laughs> and it's it sort of lives in your notebook or on your computer, and it doesn't require you to post anything on social media about where it's at, and it doesn't require you to upload anything like the latest chapter or or anything. Um, so I think that's what makes podcasting hard um, is you have to sort of be ready for that. And I'm wondering if, you know, I I don't want to play your strategy manager here or anything, Mm -hmm. but if the book is something that you're really excited about, you might have to just put your show on hiatus, even if it's for a season, because it sounds like you also feel as though um, just dating in general isn't fitting at the moment with the amount of travel that you said you were having with your work, getting Laney off to school. Like, I feel like, 
all of our creative endeavors have like their their shelf life for mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. you know it doesn't mean you can't bring it back but it sounds i remember actually i remember when we met mm-hmm. at la diplomat you were already starting to stress out about <laughs> the cadence of how many you put out and it sounds like you're still struggling with that. I remember that conversation too. And like I just said, I had my podcast um, at the beginning in season one was weekly. And then I was recording two bonus episodes per month. And I was so excited and so chatty that my episodes were frequently over an hour long, um, which was a lot of time and a lot of work. And as you said, the marketing or social media aspect um, and like communication with listeners was at an all-time high at the very beginning because it was new to everyone in my life. And because I tell personal stories, a lot of people from high school and different different times in my life, you know, kind of came out of the woodwork. And it was so invigorating that it just fueled me to keep up with it. And it was so exciting. And then obviously at some point a lot of that dies off. And it did for me, like my last, um, my last real like podcast meetup was at Christmas time last year when I started season two. I, I peeled, like I, I, um, pulled back to two episodes per month, no more bonus episodes. And I did one brunch get together and that's it. And that was like this past spring. So I, I may be due for a season of hiatus, like you said, especially with um, Lainey and I are going to Europe for the very first time over spring break. Yay. And then of course, we'll have her graduation and send off to college all throughout the spring. So if I was going to halt the show for a little while and just spend my creative time on the book, it would it would be wise to do that like later this um, winter and spring and it's definitely under consideration mm-hmm. um, because I I would like to launch a season where I share a lot of the book. The book is my dating stories. It's like my little black book or like my little diary of dating. So it's similar to the podcast, but no one's ever heard any of it. So I would like to do a little sneak peek book action using the podcast for that in time. Like that's my long term focus. That's brilliant. For the podcast. Brilliant. See? <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. I love um, letting people live out the book with you where like, you know, you talk a little bit about it um, and maybe they get interested in just buy the whole book because, you know, of the course hope. they want all the stories. <laughs> um, you know, as a podcaster, I immediately I'm going into strategy mode. I want to figure I out love how, it. To, how to make this help. work for you. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering if, so the idea of a hiatus right now, you really got a lot going. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize there's this really great feature on their phone and your phone has a microphone um, in it and it allows you to record and all you need here. Wait a minute. I'm going to like lean forward to grab my stuff here. Uh huh. So for people interested in this, this is something else that I do. So mm-hmm. here's the little lightning port that goes into my iPhone, and then I can put a little auxiliary cord. And then lo and behold, there's the little lavalier mic Hello. that you can clip. And nice. Lainey's driving the car, and you have like a little something you want to share. And you can do the record on your phone, even if it's five minutes. Maybe you do... Um, 
only got five minutes to man shop with Stacy today kind of thing. Like I'm doing that with coffee culture. I'm doing coffee shorts where I'm going to be sharing with my audience um, episodes that are like two to 10 minutes mm-hmm, tops. Mm-hmm. Um, and just talking about like fun things, you know, like friends uh, opening Central Perk around the country in 2023 and a little bit about that and the coffee they have and stuff like that. Um, Is it talking necessarily about connection, you know, in the meetup and the brew? Yeah, it is kind of, it's sort of the lighter side, right? The light roast of of that. And um, that's so great. And I'm wondering if you couldn't just do a bunch of little ones and, and, you know, just salt and pepper in once or twice a week, a little five minute episode that requires very little editing. And, you know, this works for everybody, by the way, in marketing, mm-hmm. you know, this, this little clip that you do um, can be your YouTube short, it could be your Instagram reel, it could be your TikTok, um, it could be your Pinterest, you know, wherever it is that you play on social media. Mm-hmm. If you can double down in how you keep your community up to date on what you're doing and you find a short form way of doing it and then you repurpose it, hello, that's what content is, right? That is brilliant. That's so smart, Holly. It's very smart and I appreciate it. It's um, something I need. It's advice that I need to heed for sure because I'm totally capable of doing that. You've got to send me the um, link to buy the tiny microphone. I have. Check it. Hang on. Yeah, I'm going to put that in the show notes for everybody. Yeah, perfect. So you have that. That goes to the USB, which is good. So this one here, this one goes to the iPhone and then has the auxiliary um, has this little baby in there. I don't know if everybody can see. Yep. I, I need that. <laughs> and they have them with two ports. So this is like a Y, like it goes like that mm-hmm. and you can do two. So you can clip one to yourself and one with a friend if you're like just talking about their date and and maybe or you're in the car with Lainey and you're like asking her like, what do you think about this guy? And like you're just having a conversation that's totally random you both will be miked the whole time and um, you can play. I don't know. It, I it, love it. I think solution. that's so fun. That's so fun. And you like, as you're talking, you know me, like my brain is spinning with ideas of little things that I've wondered, like, how do I make that into a whole podcast? Or I do find myself during my podcast saying, oh, I could, I could talk more about just that. But now I'm moving on because I have this, you know what I mean, outline that I'm trying to work off of. of so I definitely could come up with, um, with little shorts. Editions yeah, I'm, I'm excited totally. for the shorts for you, mm-hmm. for me, for anybody, because I feel like we don't we all don't have a lot of time on our hands. And sometimes our attention span, mine's like the size of a gnat these days, like I, I can't, I can't watch or do anything for lengths of time like I used to just because I've been trained by social media to consume things fast. Um, so I feel like the shorts are like really easy. Like if someone's going for a walk, they could take a couple of them in, they're prepping dinner, they listen for five minutes. Um, and then of course there's the long ones for the, for those who really want to have, like really want to dive into conversations like what we're having, where we're talking about connection and the meetup and, and dating and nostalgia and and you know all those fun things in life 
Hey coffee lovers, I have two quick announcements. I am opening a YouTube channel at Holly Shannon and I'm gonna have all of coffee culture on there. So you can capture the little shorts for five minutes here and there or you can capture the full length interviews. Also, my book Zero to Podcast is on Amazon and it's on my website and it is the how-to guide to start your podcast really fast and get your voice and ideas on iTunes and Spotify like I did. It makes a great holiday gift for you, perhaps a graduation present or maybe it's your New Year's resolution. Both links are in the show notes and now back to our show, Coffee Culture. I love how what you just spoke about is what what does the listener get out of it and what are they learning and what what are what suits their needs for short form material but on the flip side if you're thinking of it as the podcaster and in your own you know whatever your ambition is for for viewership or listenership or whatever the batching batching things and yeah. the ability to do that and then the ability to share on different forms of media and there's so much to be said for consistency so far as building um building your your listening audience and I I've always kept to a schedule and I still do I I'm only releasing a two weeks, but it's every other Friday. You can count on it like clockwork. It will happen. And I used to release every single Friday and and I, I'm kind of blasted everywhere. Well, it's two weeks now, but you lose a significant amount of downloads and, and attention. And even on social media, when you're not constantly like uh, teasing like this week, this week, this week, mm-hmm. when it goes to every two weeks, it's less and less and less. So while my podcast is still growing, um, not at all at the pace that it did at the beginning. I mean, it's yeah. crazy how quickly it changes. So to be able to even fill in um, every other week, you know, so that I do have a weekly podcast, but every other week it's super short. Like I think it would make the audience happy, meaning they could listen to those short episodes when it is more convenient and then save the longer form episodes for, you know, when you've got a long drive or whatever. So it makes Yeah. They're going for a walk and they want to hear like the whole story and, you know, not just like a little piece of something for sure. Yeah. It's hard. We have to, you know, in the end, we have to focus on the priorities in our life. And you do have a lot going on right now. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I would love for you to finish that book, though. And that is always, that's where your heart was at the beginning. So I feel like the podcast will reemerge once the book launches because it could be part of your tour. Totally. You know, where you're just turning it on, you're turning your podcast on and recording part of your book tour. Like, I feel like it'll almost be a natural thing. Um, But we all want to hear this book. You Thank know, you. I mean, this I think book, it's going to be very fun. Excited. You know, it's it's like when people ask me, well, what is it? Well, it literally is chapter by chapter stories about men that I've dated. And so it's like all the details similar to how I do on the podcast, but it's, it is it is different, you know? And more importantly, it's like, what did I learn? What did I learn from each of those men? Um, what could I have done differently? Why did I choose them? Why did it end? All of those things, I think, are where the real like meat of, of it is. But um, it's, it's told from the perspective of a girl next door, regular Midwesterner. I'm not like a fancy, like sex in the city, New York socialite. Um, I'm not an LA type at all. I live in Kansas City, Missouri, and I, I consider myself to be like 
an average woman. I work, I have a dog, I have a child, I have a family, I have like, you know, normal priorities in life. And I don't have, um, you know, a super extravagant lifestyle. And I am very vulnerable in being real. And so all of my screw ups and things that I say and do, you know, that I wish I could take back, <laughs> I include all of that because at the heart of it, I just want other women and men to feel, um, like it's relatable and and that they see themselves in a lot of the stuff that I've gone through because it is such a there's so many common threads through dating after divorce especially after the age of 40 or 50 that it's it's not that much different from dating back when we were in high school or college the feelings and emotions are all the same the complications are just multiplied like by a thousand though yeah well because now that everybody's older, they have, and I don't mean this negatively, mm -hmm. but they have baggage, right? They totally. have previous marriages, they have children, they have maybe homes and jobs and different things. So it's not, you know, it's not the same. The emotions might be the same, but all right. the stuff that circles around it is completely different. So it, it could either amplify and make the experience better or it could annihilate it, I, I would believe, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you, can you give us a little story, like a little feel for something that's in the book that uh, get people excited? Oh, sure. I mean, my very first Bumble experience is like chapter number one. And I, I call him um, Detective Daniel. Of course, they all have nicknames. And I give away like his occupation and his height and his, you know, what all of the all of the nitty gritty details. Um but it's funny, he like peppered me with questions through texting. It was January, it was cold, it was a Sunday when we met online. And I mean, rapid fire, everything from like, what's your favorite color to like deep, you know, thoughtful questions. And we just, we texted for hours. And I thought, mm -hmm. gosh, is this what this is like? Does everybody do this? It's a good thing my afternoon is free, you know? You had like carpal tunnel by the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and I had like stalked him. I mean, I, I, I try, I wanted to meet him because I, I, it's I got on match.com and didn't post photos or make or make an account or anything. Um, I just got on like as a voyeur and like just looked to see like what men in my She's area lurking. were lurking. Yeah. She's and then I saw around. him on Bumble and I was like, oh, I know you. I like you're the one I want to go out with. And so we we had this good connection in texting, but I remember like the day of the date, I was getting my nails done, go figure. And I went back to my car and he's like, can I call you? I'm like, oh, sure. I mean, we had spoken on the phone one other time. Um, but I'm like, it's the day of the date. Is he going to cancel on me? Like, why is he mm -hmm. calling? And he goes, are you sure you're ready to go out? Like, are you sure you're ready to date? I was not divorced yet. I was <gasps> one of the people that oh, I no. talk about so much now. My divorce was not final. I was in no position to be trying to move into like another relationship. And he was relationship material. He was like he he kind of fit all of the things that I would look for in a long term relationship. This was not like fun guy, like let's go out and get crazy. This was like a legitimate like boyfriend material kind of guy. And he had every reason to ask that question of me. And of course, I was like, oh, no. I mean, yeah, I'm totally ready to go on a date. Like, I wanted to go on a date so bad because, I mean, what? I hadn't, I hadn't, I had lived alone or like Lainey and I had been on our own for like seven months. And I, it felt like a long time. 
Yeah. You know, it felt mm-hmm. like a long time after eight years of marriage or whatever. Um, needless to say, it, it was a debacle. Like we we went on, we spent time together yeah. like three different times and it didn't go anywhere. And I like flubbed up one thing after another after another. Um mm-hmm. but that's the lesson. I learned a lot. Yeah, yeah, totally. I learned I learned a lot about just what it's like to meet someone online and then date in real life. I I pretty well figured out he was probably dating other people. I could by his behavior. Um a lot of interesting things happened with him. So it was a it was a good first learning experience, but I was so disappointed because I was like, I just shot my shot with like the best guy on Bumble in Kansas City. <laughs> now what? Oh, you know? man. But, but you learned your lesson, which yeah. is something you share with other people. Like, don't be separated and start dating. Be divorced and start dating yes. because it just does not work mentally and it's it screws with your brain right it does it screws with your brain and i was still like going through um you know anger and ups and downs of of all of that i i think i was probably i was divorced somewhat shortly after that because i was in the winter and my divorce was final in february so it must have been right after that but still like i, I wasn't in a good place at least to be um, trying to form develop a relationship. I honestly don't think distractions during a separation are that are that bad. I think they're sometimes mm-hmm. necessary, um, but not to like try to try to form a, a real long lasting relationship. It's not a good time. Yeah, that would be a good spot for the coffee meetup. <laughs> totally <laughs> more more a little bit friend zone ish. Like yes. just feeling this out, and then like you know when you're ready, then you can call it for happy hour. Totally. And that is the advice I try to give now. And I try to live. I try to never date men who are separated. Um, And I've fallen into that a couple of times because Mm. it's so it's so common and it's oddly common for people to be separated for very long amounts of time. And um, so it's easy as a single person to get drawn, you know, drawn in like, oh, you know, it's nearly final. We've been at this for two years or whatever. And it's yeah. it, it's never a, a great idea. Um, but if you were to meet over coffee and have a more platonic situation and then like, hey, you know what? I'll probably still be here. <laughs> like, Go figure your stuff out. Right. <laughs> Which right, is another right. lesson to learn. Like, it's so funny how... Um, how when you're newly single or separated, it feels like, especially with online dating, like people are going to get snatched up. Oh my gosh. Like mm. that person will not be around, you know, this time next yeah, month. If I like, right. If I don't take take this opportunity. It's so funny you say that mm-hmm. because, all right. So you and I had talked when we were at uh, our little happy hour mm-hmm. and I had told you that I had uh, dropped off a toxic friend fairly recently at that point. Um, so much so that there was definitely some bumble stories that, um, she had sort of drawn me into. Um, and I didn't realize I was being drawn into the drama, if you will. I remember. Um, yeah, but she had that scarcity mindset that you're talking about because she had invited me 
to come meet with her. Um, she was, she was moving, she was changing cities. She was going through her divorce. She hadn't been final yet. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, I found this place, this Airbnb I'm going to live at, and I'm going to work in this new city. Why don't you come spend a few days with me? And we'll just, you know, check out the city. We'll check out this Airbnb I'm going to live in, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And she had gone on Bumble and started that process prior to being divorced. And she was of, so she invited me, but she didn't tell me she was doing this. And then, and she wasn't technically going to be living in that city for another four months. So she was just going. basically a traveler. (laughs) So she was going there to check out the Airbnb, make sure it's a place she could live. And then she was going to do all the contracts and then she'd move there four months later. But she invited me in January in preparation for April is really what it was. And when I got there, she's like, oh, so I have this date. Um, I'm going on a, a coffee date for uh, like breakfast tomorrow morning and then happy hour the next night. And, you know, I'm just going to basically be doing cocktail hour the next few nights or everything. And I'm thinking, shit, I flew <laughs> down here to spend a few days with her to embark on like what will be her next journey in life. And she's already jumping on the apps Mm -hmm. and setting up all of these dates Mm -hmm. with people that live in a different city. Mm -hmm. But this talks to that scarcity mindset you're, you're talking about because she wasn't going to be there for another four months. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, Mm -hmm. first of all, so every night, you're happy houring with somebody else. So what am I supposed to be doing? Why did I even come so here? So rude. It yeah, is. Exactly. It's so she was rude. so toxic. And uh-huh. and she's like, and her like passive aggressive side was like, well, you just wait at the hotel and I'll text you when we're done. And I'm like, I'm a big girl. I'm in a city. I'm going to take myself out for cocktail hours. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes. But she had this mindset and I'm like, why are you even like hooking up with these guys and going on a happy hour date or a coffee meetup or whatever? Because you're not back for four months. Like mm-hmm. they're going to be on to other things or they're mm-hmm. going to be like, you know, now you're going to come back and four months later, they're going to want to, you know, hook up with you again if you didn't like them. Like there's there's mm-hmm. so much wrong with that. I, I couldn't even begin. Yep. It was horrible. It's horrible. You were going for girl time and to be supportive at a, at a, you know, a transition point in her life. And she was just self absorbed with getting out and dating, which yeah. happens a lot. Happens yeah, a lot. It's, it's very just so interesting. Behavior. Like, like you were even saying, like, well, mm-hmm. if I don't go out on a date with this guy that I found right now on mm-hmm. Bumble, like, I'm not going to be able to meet him a month from now when probably mentally I'm really more ready to be meeting this person, right? (laughs) Right? It's so true. It's so true. But those are great learnings. And you don't know sometimes until you experience some of it. It'd be Mm. interesting to know where that woman is in life now. Like if she, you know, do you know? Like, did I she do, fall but for I'm one not, of them? I'm yeah, it's okay. Gonna, yeah, I can't really go there. I like I said, mm-hmm. um, she was um, she was toxic. She was passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. She is firmly out of my life now. Um, interesting that Good. even as a woman who is not in her teens or twenties or thirties or whatever is still experiencing some of the crap I did back in high school, college, and corporate. Um, oh, Holly, this uh, is uh, this is my world. This is yeah, I'm telling it's like, you, it feels it's, like it's so that. bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like women, hello, like 
we need to support each other. Like there's enough bullshit out there happening in social media that'll make you feel less than. Don't do it. Like if you actually can have connection with somebody and support and whatever, Mm -hmm. like don't, don't screw it up. Like don't, it's so hard. Totally. I will tell you, I have gotten rid of all of those fringe friends and I have Mm -hmm. like, I could count on one hand right now who some of my closest peeps are and it's, it's enough. It's, it's all that you need because as soon as you bring in people who really aren't in it to win it with you, Mm -hmm. they, they suck the life out of you. They really do. I talk about this with my close girlfriends a lot, and I completely agree. Completely agree, especially at this point in your life when your your time is kind of, you know, it's it's hard to make time. And if you're going to make time out of your life to spend it with other people, hopefully it's a very mutually fulfilling and very balanced situation. And I I definitely understand, and it is just all too common the story of your friend it's so it's such typical behavior that people revert back to like who they were like the whole sowing your wild oats and it's real and some people do it for years after the divorce um that combined with the behavior of immediately getting remarried or in a serious relationship most common the most uncommon honestly is where i'm at like Mm. I don't date a ton. I'm open hearted. I, I'm not scorned or bitter. I'm, I'm, I would love to meet the next love of my life, but it'll happen. You know, I'm not in a rush. And like, it, it takes a long time to get to the point where I'm at. It's been three years, you know, and it, this feels different where I'm at right now than it did six months ago or a year ago. It's just this weird evolution and I'm down for it. Like, I'm playing the long game. I'm good. I, I think that's awesome. But to to have allowed that time to get to this place, you sound so clear. Like you you really understand who you are and what you want and what you're not going to deal with. And I, I think a lot of people compromise along the way because they feel like, well, I'm single. I'm of a certain age. There's not a lot out there. If I don't move fast, you know, these guys are dating younger girls. So I'm going to mm-hmm. miss my opportunity, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Like, I guess if you really set yourself up with that mindset, then you're going to feel anxious all the time and you're not going to get it right. And it sounds like you've moved past all of that. And so much of it, good place. So much of it is so superficial, especially with online dating. You're making decisions based on what people look like for the most Mm. part, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's, and, you know, social media, same thing. It's like you're just kind of seeing just the highlight reel or the best facets of somebody's life or whatever. So it is very hard to strike like a, a real understanding of who a person is unless you're set up with someone or, um, you know, know someone from your past or your your friendship circles or whatever. It is it's very challenging. So I hate I try very hard to not be judgy of how how men and women, you know, make their decisions so far as dating or engagements or whatever. Um, but I do find myself very frequently having conversations with men and women reminding them of how great they are and how they should not lower their expectations of a partner, period, end of story. Because 
a lot of the times I'll say, okay, look, like I have this friend, I'll, I don't know, I'll call her Janelle, right? I'm like, Janelle, you're fantastic. You have the greatest heart. You have a great career. You're, you have two beautiful children. They're almost off to school. She's worried about like her financial situation isn't exactly where she wishes it would be. She, she feels a little bit of shame because of it. Um, she is one of the funniest women I have ever hung out with. She has just great support system. I could go on and on. And she was telling me about how another one of her friends was like, you got to stop being so picky. You know, you need to start like, just kind of take what you can get. And I'm like, no, that is horrible advice. Like you are deserving of what you're looking for. Don't settle for, I mean, if, if you exist, a great guy who is a match also exists. I mean, if I'm out here pretty well, you know, he on a healing process and pretty well at a good point in my life and happy, you know, as an individual, then I'll, I will meet a man who is similar, you know, and in, mm-hmm. in that at some point too. It's that law of attraction, right? Right. But what a totally. gift. What a gift that you take it upon yourself to really let people know what their worth is. I th- I think when too much time has gone by, you know, getting the right date or just finding people in general, you feel like you need to compromise. And I think you're right. I think that advice that your friend gave Janelle was terrible advice because um, why shouldn't she hold a high standard? She holds a high standard for herself mm-hmm. and probably for her children. And so why should she compromise? I I, I right. agree with you. I'm glad you're that type of friend and that you're spreading that. And you're probably spreading that through the podcast, which is why yeah. people should listen. But <laughs> I feel like your truth lives in that book. So I'm, I'm going to push you from <laughs> behind you. <laughs> here to keep doing that book because I feel like so many people are going to relate to it. And, um, and we definitely, maybe what we'll do is we'll have you back on when you launch that, um, or, or maybe when you're in the area, we can do like a yes. little event. We'll have like a coffee, coffee, wine, book party, something <laughs> of some sort. And, uh, it's very high society actually, like in Paris and in Italy, they would have, um, cafe parties, you know, coffee parties where people would gather and, you know, literary minds and visionaries and, and have great I conversations and, and connections. Yes. We're, <laughs> we're going to create it. I can see myself. It, through right? Yes. We're, we're going to create a whole new genre. I feel it. I feel I it. We're going to, we're going to bring the 1700s back or 1800s down. I'm down. <laughs> Stacy, this was so great. <laughs> Thank you for coming on my show. It's Thank really, you for really nice. having me. This is fun conversation. And I love um I love chatting with you because I learn a lot from you. So oh, thank, thank you. you for that. Oh, <laughs> I really appreciate that. Well, I I enjoy the connection that we have made and and I think um it's a gift to be able to share that with other people when people see this and they see how women um, can really enjoy each other and empower each other and lift each other up, then they know what to emulate, right? Absolutely. It's a great example, great example of a professional creative turned very personal 
friendship too. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. So I'm going to tell people, please go on YouTube, follow Holly Shannon for Coffee Culture and go follow Stacy with <laughs> Man Shopping. Um, it's Man Shopping by Stacy, right? Is, man Shopping with Stacy. With Stacy, sorry. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> wherever you get your podcast mm-hmm. fix, you could go on there. And um, if she takes a little bit of a break, it's because she's working on her book, but don't stop listening. Just keep sharing. That's what we're going to do. Right. There's plenty of content there. It'll take you a long time to get through all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thank you, Stacey. This is great. Thank you, Holly. I appreciate that. Would you like to join the party, coffee lovers? I have two ways for you. Please go over to YouTube now and subscribe to at Holly Shannon, and there'll be all the videos of this podcast there as well. What's the second way you can do that? You can leave a review with your ideas in Apple Podcasts. Either way, I would love it if you share a hot cup of connection and coffee culture with a friend. And if you'd like to support this indie podcaster, you can buy me a coffee. The link is in the show notes. Thank you, coffee lovers. This season is produced by Pale Blue Studios. Thank you.